0: but I don't know whether we're making any sense yep. anyway, are we up and we, running we are we are should we uh, speak go on let's let's have a go anyway okay g- g- good morning good afternoon good evening good overnight I'm Anthony Price
1: good grief <laughs> we've made it we've made it to 20 the 21st of the 20 2100 hours of the 20 I don't know what I'm talking about are you oh. see I'm like an old classic car <sighs> that you try and start the bloody thing on a really cold morning and it just might turn over for a bit and then it just goes you and that's what i've just gone into i just went into a complete 2021 fug. so on the on the flip side i have an auto choke
0: in my engine so therefore we start it once and it just seems to keep going um which is pretty impressive because it is i I've, I've read a funny meme by the way we're recording this on the 8th of january so lunchtime on the first on, the, on a full week into the year and i saw a funny meme yesterday which was I don't like the 2021 seven day trial. Can I send it back, please? (laughs) Um, So anyway, uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, listeners. I know we have an audience full of live attendees as well, which is really interesting for us. This is only the second time we've done a live audience thing. Normally me and JB do it behind closed doors. We then swear a lot. And then we publish it to the world, it's removing some of the really heavy expletives, But now it's recorded in front of an audience, we have to probably be a little bit more careful about how we do things. I um, never had
1: to worry about that. You were always the one that was very, very rude. And um, I'd like to sort of moderate my language for these special occasions
0: anyone in the live audience that's listened to our pre-recorded stuff please do flag whether i am the swearer or jb is the swearer but we should disclaim we do sometimes swear um so just for your information um, anyway so um as always our podcast tends to revolve around what's going on in leadership news and that could be from leadership in business politics um jb reads an awful lot um and therefore tends to bring these really crazy things out and then i tend to bring out some some more simple things because I'm (laughs) yeah because I'm more stupid and then and then we also take our listeners questions so if you do have a listener questions for the people in the audience you can submit it in the Q&A box for our listeners on the podcast if you would like us to answer it next week please email globalleadershippodcast.gmail.com or you can follow us on all the social media channels and submit it through there instead that's how it works but before we go any further JB um, tell us about your Christmas and New Year please because we haven't actually spoken about stuff.
1: Well, uh, do you know, despite the fact that I haven't seen uh, my four kids for, God, what, 10 months, you know, just very, very briefly and mostly on Zoom, uh, I had a really good Christmas. I, d- I did my special uh, turkey, barbecued turkey in the garden, um, and barbecue that is. I don't know, I'm not doing anything strange with it in the garden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stuffing your turkey, JV okay look don't don't start (laughs) um but i've got this thing my my kids used to hate turkey and uh i said okay guys you like you like me doing barbecues right so um this year i'm going to do a barbecued turkey and anyway so i got all of this shit together um i brine the damn thing i marinate it and this goes on for days and days it becomes quite a ritual uh, and then I then I put it in in the barbecue, but not in any normal way. Oh no. Uh it actually has a steaming tray underneath it, full of leeks and cloves and nutmeg and uh oranges and lemons and everything else and all that steaming away underneath the bird. Actually I'm feeling a bit hungry now. Yeah, me too. Um and so it's not only is it barbecued, it's actually steamed. And this goes on for about two and a half to three hours, depending on the size of the bird. Hmm. And so I did that on 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 you didn't want this level of detail really. No, no,
0: I really did. I mean I had oh, Brandon Matthews
1: pre-turkey slices for Christmas okay, Day. But... Well, so it was anyway, this year uh was the best ever, according to my uh, panel of two other people. One who happened to be a vegetarian <laughs> and didn't eat it anyway. Uh, so my stepson and I actually really, really thought it was an absolute blinder. So I was very happy with that. That was good. Um, lots of dancing, lots of singing, lots of... I have never drunk so much Prosecco in my life to get through the festive period. I never knew you and as a Prosecco drinker. Nor did I. Um, anyway, so we had a... We, do you know what? We had a We had a bloody good Christmas despite everything. Wow. How wow. about you, Ant, with your turkey matthews turkey roasty thing whatever yeah it was. My, if my wife listens to this podcast she'd be she doesn't oh. listen
0: she's not a regular listener so she wouldn't know um no she didn't do bernard matthews pre-turkey slices we had um again so a very quiet christmas um for those of you that know i have four children three of which live at home with me so it was still a relatively crazy christmas with three boys nine and under um, so it was very nice. And we had a, a lovely uh, day. We we did. So um, we bought some lateral flow tests privately through a friend. So we could oh. take a COVID test each on Christmas Eve. It's the same as the football players do before their matches. Yeah. Um, and it just gave us that extra peace of mind. Um, so that when we had the mother-in-law uh, uh, um, and her sister... And my mother-in-law's partner over on Christmas Day, we could hug and embrace without the concerns of catching or passing COVID. So, what did you get for Christmas? I got a lateral flow test, and that was the stocking oh, fillers. Oh, wow! Thanks. Or oh, we got them as stocking fillers. Happy Christmas, kids! So, you're having all the kids. Do you in know, tears that on Christmas is a Eve. very good idea. So yeah, we had them all in tears on Christmas Eve because um, we'd shoved stuff in their noses because we're not medics, clearly. And then all the bogeys and things went on this little Petri dish. and you then st- Anyway, we were all COVID free. So that was good. Um, and then, yeah, so it was kind of that really. But it was it was nice. Um, and then, of course, it's, it's one of the few times a year, I don't know, for the leaders listening live in the webinar as well as our recorded listeners, over Christmas is the only time when you can probably really switch off from work because you know that everybody else is off work at the same time. When you take a week off in half-term holidays or a long weekend, you still know your inbox is going crazy with people at work. So for me, it was a real opportunity to switch off before the chaos that is 2021. So um, so that was my Christmas. There you go.
1: It was nice. And, uh, being being um, completely honest about it, I, I came into this new year with a degree of apprehension and um being honest my energy level going into this year has been quite low Hmm. and you know that classic car analogy i I just i've actually just felt shit how am i going to keep up the energy that i started with back in march you know when the, the sun was coming out covid had arrived and you know it was like okay it's a lockdown um, it makes sense. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna build a studio at the bottom of my garden. I'm gonna write a book, and I'm gonna convert my entire business onto a digital platform. Yay! And I cracked on, and bloody did it. And that was a lot of energy. I lost a boatload of weight, got really fit, grew a beard, went weird, and then oh my god, it's the beginning of another one of these. I, I, I've got another year. And how am I going to restore the energy that I had with this classic car that really went like a blinder last year? (laughs) But I'm I'm my fuel is a bit low, my engine is a bit tired, and I'm I'm just thinking, how the hell am I gonna how am I gonna pull this together? That was Monday, and you and I had a conversation, and I think you for one for once in in our lives i think you heard me being a little bit new a bit and i thought i think you were thinking what the hell's happened to him
0: you went a bit nathan which for some of our regular listeners you'll know Uh, what i mean
1: yeah it was i i I went a bit neggy um but the good news is that it doesn't last very long with me because i don't really i don't have very much tolerance of it in myself (laughs) no I'm quite good at it with other people, but I'm not good at it in my own way. So
0: The only other time uh, I've ever seen him neggy, dear listeners, is in Hong Kong, when he had me and Nathan frog marched around the streets of Hong Kong looking for a scarf or a neckerchief from a particular store, and he was getting increasingly cross that he couldn't find the store. I mean we'd gone halfway across the world, so um but that's that. But yes, you were a little bit negative. And look, I think there's a point here to talk about from a leadership perspective is we have a responsibility of people managers to pick up our people. Um, And I think it's fair to say, I know there's in the audience, there's some international listeners listening live as well as on the podcast. I know we get listeners from down around the world. In the UK right now on Monday, they've introduced a pretty severe lockdown that's not far off as severe as it was last year. So all the schools are closed apart from essential shops, they're closed. I think there is a bit more of a sloppy approach to it, unfortunately, from compliance to the lockdown, because we know now a bit more about the risks and things that we didn't know a year ago. So there's a little less fear, although it's incredibly contagious, as we know, in the UK. But I think as a people manager, we have a responsibility to our people to pick them up. Um, And there's probably something we can talk about that later in the podcast. But um, I'm conscious we're now 14 minutes into our recording. And we've yet to get into leadership stuff, but as the regular listeners know, and we did have a comment.
1: Thought we were, Ant. I thought we, on, were, uh, we, I thought we oh. were being authentic.
0: Uh, this is true, but we're not. This is all scripted shit. And uh, by the way, listeners, please flag. He swore twice in his opening monologue. That was did my, I? F- that was my first swear.
1: Um, well, that, chat box, that actually chat that box fits tell in. Me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that yeah. fits in quite well with. Um, self-awareness it does do
0: you want to should should we kick off first mr bradley then with with your first article of the day
1: i was trying to sort of um, segue in a very amateur fashion Mm. um i was reading a little bit of an article uh it it was from yale and it's about how selfish people misremember their own past selfishness which i thought was quite interesting um, and it goes on to say in in this Yale piece, uh, selfish arseholes do not remember their own self. Oh, I've done it again. I'm yeah. being rude again. Yeah. You see, you're quite right, and I, I need to be more self-aware. Selfish assholes do not remember their own selfish behaviour, according to a new study out from the a, a Yale University. Um, so the the question is how how can he live with himself? And who am I thinking about, I wonder, and when I say that? Who are you thinking about me? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, so I'm thinking I, I, it just comes to mind, um, old Donald there in the White House. Ah, I see. Um, you know, uh, he, he strikes me, and this is probably being incredibly kind to Donald, um, that he is an incredibly selfish man. Hmm. And I think that's been kind. Yes. We have to be
0: careful, of course, because we know that still 36% of the, of the population of America voted for
1: him. Um, so they Do you could... know, I don't care. Fair I enough. don't care. Yep. I we, actually, we still want you, you to know, listen, though. We still want you to listen. Yeah. As long as they don't come dressed like Jamiroquai coming to attack <laughs> me in my shed. Yeah. Um, force me out um, and sit at my desk um, and throw my paper around. That would hack me off um, a lot. Um, So these these hugely selfish people, um, they have a desire to preserve their moral self-image. So it's this kind of balance between um, what they instinctively want to do in that moment, which might be to screw everybody over and their their year might have been a boatload of that, um, but they are trying to protect this moral self-image, this kind of high ground hmm. behaviour uh, that they then post-edit into uh, something that looks looks really really great. You know, they've 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 done some really good stuff in the year, but actually. Underneath that, there's a load of load of shitty, eth- unethical things that they've done. And I wanted to ask you if you if you are aware of anyone that you've ever worked with, Anne, where you know, post a a, a period of time where someone's done some fairly uh, morally. Um, unjustifiable things and repackaged it as actually it was the right thing to do
0: yeah it's it, it, it's interesting because you also make reference to that and I'm thinking through the lens of a leader that goes into self-destruct mode when they've had enough of their business they can no longer toe the party line and either they lead cleverly with their people to say I'm here to support you or they go into self-destruct mode and actually throw the toys at the pram which then disrupts the people that reported into them and then they leave the business under a cloud and even the people that used to respect them and report to them thought well you've just gone and blown it for yourself and I don't want to work for you again because you came across as childish. Um, So yes I have and I think it can be very detrimental and I think as a leader personal reputation is probably more important than they give themselves credit for. Um, I don't know about you, JB, but I want my best people to work for me again. And I suspect that Donald Trump, if he was to try and stand again in 2024, whilst he may scarily get somewhere with that re-standing, surrounding himself by a team that are loyal to him would be incredibly cautious because we see what happens when he doesn't get what he wants. And I think selfishness is is pretty dangerous. And the and the lack and um, it's whether there's a conscious awareness of what he's doing.
1: That's that's where I that's I'm so glad you that's kind of where I wanted this to go, mm. which is how conscious are they of these selfish acts? How, how aware are they when they're actually in it? Because I, from my own experience, I've I've been aware of some things in 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 businesses that I've worked in worked for where the activities are seriously questionable to downright unethical. Yeah. And you want to call it out and you're expecting the other person to call it out, but the culture has been kind of indoctrinated with this. It's this thing that we do that's not quite right, but we can't stop it because everything's built around it. If we if we pulled that, we'd lose two million off our bottom line. If we did that, we'd lose customer X. If we did that, we wouldn't be able to employ this person anymore. If we if we took the ethics up to this level, then our sales team would collapse. Mm. And you just think, how are you? Have you forgotten? You know your your moral compass. Have you forgotten your? ethical standpoints that you used to have where have you gone i mean is that it, it, it seems to be rife in yeah in politics right now uh, if, around if, the world if, if we it's use a crazy thing if we use donald trump
0: as an example <clears throat> if you've watched some episodes of the apprentice way before he was considered for the white house there were times in that program where you can see there's a level of empathy and actually respect to the other person um and there was still i think a bit of a my mentality but the thing that I think that damaged his reputation beyond repair in the and the eyes of even people that might have voted for him back in November is even more recently his lack of awareness of the mood of the country the inability to read the audience to say if I ever want to be re-elected there are some that might be sitting on the fence that I'm not going to now get and what would have happened had he stood up going I've made a mistake. And I think as a leader, to your point, if there is an inability to admit where we're not tacking in the right direction, you lack authenticity as a leader because we all make mistakes. And And I think where this situation is going now and as a people leader is if you get to that point where you make a mistake, what do you do about it? And if your people know you've made a mistake, What does you more damage? Putting your hand up going, we've messed up or saying nothing and to your point saying, well, this was the right decision at the right time and things have changed since. I think I know as a recipient of my leader's behaviour, which one I'd be more respectful of them for. um, And it depends on the reputation you want. But if as a leader, you want people to follow you again, they remember these things. And okay, a day in politics is a bloody long time bearing in mind that A week ago in the UK uh, and sorry, across the world, there was coverage about um, the recordings of the phone calls, for example. Um, And that's forgotten about now because Capitol Hill that's happened since. And obviously this is a recording. So it'd be interesting to listen to this podcast again in three months time and think what happened in the next coming two weeks, because there is speculation that he might be. I don't think there's time, but that he might be removed under the 25th Amendment um, or whatever. So. it's crazy times but but putting the leadership hat on for a second I think as a leader if you lead people and you know that your heart isn't there anymore or it is and you know you're losing control of it if you're not conscious about how you behave in front of your people during that that orderly transition (laughs) it could damage you beyond return if you want to employ those people in a future organisation again
1: there's a there's a statement um at the back end of this piece uh the yale um study and it says selfish people's memories are telling them uh that they're caring humans and i don't you know i don't mind what people think about my opinion that donald trump is an, an incredibly selfish man and that's me being, being incredibly generous to the man mm mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole load of other things that I would say which we don't have time for here but (laughs) or or the um, expeditive time to edit uh, absolutely um but the question I guess is um are his memories of his term in office thinking that he was incredibly caring to his special people to to the ones that he refers to as special who um mounted their attack on Capitol Hill does does he think seriously uh he, does his memory inform him that he's a caring human being or does he understand inside his head that he is a deeply manipulative dangerous fascist oh, no, I'm dangerous man i won't go any further
0: and and as you're asking the question i'm thinking this is a whole episode
1: of our podcast. <laughs> it's a whole episode but, but you know my my end on this is that i find it very interesting how um the people that actually supported trump only 5 minutes ago mm. from around the world and people from this country are now just trying to disappear into the shadows having having supported um these this energy uh around selfishness um and narcissism and and Fake news, falseness, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Yeah. I, I just, I, I you know, it, th- that. Uh, looking at that within industries and environments of work, how many, how many of us have actually had to endure hugely selfish people, uh, whether they are manipulative, manipulating that, or whether they are conscious of how selfish they are or not. How many of us have actually just been caught up in it? Um, and I, I think all of that is actually, you know, worthy of, of further podcasts. But that, that was a little thing that I thought I'd bring to the table just to get us going. Um, can I
0: ask the live audience, put your hands up if you've gone through a CEO transition in the last four or five years? In other words, you've had a, a CEO leave a company and then come back. Put your hands up in the live audience if you have. Cool, there's some hands going up. Um, okay. And it's funny, isn't it? I think... For those leaders that leave that actually had the, the 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 engagement of the people, that is a pretty depressing time because you're going into an unknown. But I have been in an organization where the leader was really disliked and the new leader was coming in and there was an air of optimism, even with the unknown of what this person was going to do and to bring about change. And in fact, I know one of our clients with uh, my day job have had a CEO change in the, this week, actually. Um, and um, dependent on the competence of that individual and how they behaved, there is going to be different feelings about how they feel. Um, I know when, you know, some leaders that I've been very fond of that have left, it, it, it takes you weeks to get over. I mean, my old boss, at, at my, my last employer left, and he had the will of the people behind him. Um, and unfortunately the private equity firm that owned that company decided they didn't want, um, any of the legacy people in the business anymore. So I'd one by one struck them off. So kind of the end was inevitable. Um, and I was devastated. Um, whereas I've also been in organizations where thank goodness they've gone. The witch is dead. Um, and it, it so it's, I guess in the eyes of you on the call on the webinar today or on the podcast listening, it's. What do you want your reputation to be when you leave? And when you leave, during that period of transition, how do you behave to be an attractive opportunity for you to take those best people with you versus sabotage your reputation with those people? Because I think that that's where I take your previous article and it links in nicely to my transition comment which is I've just transitioned out of another job into a new job and I was determined when I gave notice not to be an arsehole to my former employer and therefore it was for them to ruin that if they wanted to um, or embrace my future and be happy for me. Unfortunately, I'm the jury's out as to where that will end Um, but I know in the eyes of my team and the people around the business, my stakeholders, I was determined to leave under a really bright cloud that I had a good legacy. um, And we also need to respect the new authority that succeeds me, which is what I was determined to do. Now, of course, the problem is with this, by the way, is that sometimes you become then, like I was devastated about my old boss, if people want to follow me, it's going to really piss off the successor (laughs) And the business, because everyone's following that person. Um, and there's a whole different conversation around that too. So I just think, I think where we bring this this article to a close, I suppose, for me is um, your reputation isn't just about how you are in the job. It's about how you transition and out of jobs. And I'm very aware some employers, you get fired and you're removed instantly. But if you are seen as trusted... <laughs> Um, I suspect you are given an opportunity to say goodbye to your people. And it's those speeches that people will remember for, for, forevermore, I suspect. Um, and you and I both know from our radio days, JB, radio presenters tend to get taken off air as soon as their contract has been told that they're not having it renewed in case they go on air and go into, into sabotage mode. So,
1: Yeah, and, go. and good salespeople are taken out of action quite quickly um, yeah. before they start taking clients off to other other competitors. Um <laughs> Definitely. and I, I i liked your point about uh reputation because i think that pulls together everything about that you know the the reputation coming in the reputation going out um who who'd want a reputation for being a you know um selfish selfish arsehole for example um you know you want to retain a really good high level of reputation um as you as you leave and as you go into your to your next organization i think this links quite nicely uh with a little bit of research that um henley henley business school did which i was reading the other day um and so a couple of questions um i don't know whether we can get this out to to the to the panel but um do you know what a a a side hustle is what is a side hustle? I Anybody? Think, I think I know what it is, but I'll await the
0: the Should live. we see listening. if we
1: can get any um, any response from that? We'll just give it a few seconds because we're we're obviously a little bit. If we don't get a response, then I guess no one knows what a side hustle is. So here, here's a here's a here's a here's a definition um a secondary business or job that brings in or has the potential to bring in extra income so a question for you Mm and uh in the uk based on that definition what do you think uh the annual income is in the uk generated by side hustling
0: as a percentage of the existing income, or is it actually pound for pound? Just
1: as they figure, just as a total figure that you think they say. Remember that this is a secondary business or job that brings in or has the potential to bring in extra income in the UK. Um, what do you think that figure is currently annually? Half a billion. So, Big guess. Five hundred million. Seventy-two billion. Really. of UK GDP. Wowzers. So we need to get side hustling because I'm not doing enough of it. Well, isn't it interesting? Hmm. So um, how many of organisations have we worked for where the idea of you moonlighting, which is what I think people refer to it as, is prohibited? You, You can't do that sort of thing here. You can't go and make money out of your um parachute making company or your <laughs> God, um, you do a par- oh, i'm not going to sign up to that sorry jay or your or your um i don't know uh internet business making company you know you you're not allowed to do that you have to work here full-time part-time or whatever it is you cannot have another another business uh going on at the same time i i, I think every company i've ever worked for uh would have been shocked had i been making money out of another enterprise
0: i was allowed to do consulting with my previous job but again i'd negotiated that at the beginning i think the contracts in most employment contracts are you have to ask permission don't they i think I mean, i've been an employer in, in corporate land for the last 10 years or so whereas i'm guessing you've been an entrepreneur um but yeah yeah I would, uh, so anyone in the audience by the way that has does a side hustle please feel free to put your hand up Um, or say yes I do we won't name you by the way um, but curious and by the way we should have said that maybe that's why they're being a bit quiet on the chat box because I know the audience is pretty um, fruitful today Um, so yeah I mean I I, I, personally my personal opinion as a people manager so long as it's not conflicting with what with with interfering with the income that the business could be making I would say that's a opportunity of developing the individual Um, I don't want to tempt them away from it there it
1: is there it is Mm. and yet um, when uh, Henley did this bit of research um, just under 50 percent of the uh, leaders in organizations they did the research with said that they wouldn't want any of their employees uh, doing side hustling they wouldn't want that uh, it's it's not what we do around here but I'm thinking. If I uh, thinking about you, Ant, I mean, you are an entrepreneurial individual. Thanks. A, a, a highly entrepreneurial individual in your in your life. Uh, you worked for a company and have worked for companies in your life. Where if you restrict your entrepreneurialism, uh, you get frustrated. Yes. Uh, at some point. You'll go through the systems and you'll do all the things and you'll be, you know, company guy. Um, But if you're restricted from being entrepreneurial inside that organisation, it's got to be pretty big for you, uh, for you to thrive in it, uh, then you will ultimately leave. Mm -hmm. So if you are given the opportunity to, and encouraged and supported to create lots of other different uh, solutions and businesses and so on, maybe you would stay in those organisations longer. I'm just throwing that out there.
0: It's a really what interesting you, point.
1: What do you say? I, I say 100%. I,
0: uh,
1: so taking
0: me as example, I will bide my time for six months to prove credibility. And then uh, I guess at that point, I will start then giving my my suggestions um, and so on. So equally, to your point, if I can't expand my thinking by getting involved in things outside my day-to-day remit, that would restrict my amb- my, my ability to grow. So from a learning perspective, um, I think it should be embraced more by big organisations. I mean, I'm lucky in my previous job under my first boss, I was given total freedom to do what I wanted. Um, second boss, less so, but... They had already seen that I was approved to do it, so they couldn't stop me. <laughs> but my peers were then not getting that opportunity, and guess what? The frustration was creeping in. Um, so yeah, it's, and it's an interesting point for people managers because I'm guessing depending on the level of our listeners within the business, it's whether they have the power to be able to say, "Go out and prosper, don't compete with us, but you know, have some side hustles." Because if in, if we learn from it, you know, and I know, and you know. With the with the our day job, and I know you're a shareholder in my day job company, that we are all about the side hustles, about how can we network with people, and, and through the connections we make, how can we get new opportunities?
1: Um, well, that's why this article was interesting to me because I think we are side hustlers by nature, um, and well, you this know, is. we are yeah. And if we are if we are employed, we're employedpreneurs. Um, you were you were an employedpreneur. Uh, you, your, your focus, your value to that organization was your entrepreneurial uh, capability, and I think mine, my history, is a bit like that too, as constantly inventing stuff that we could sell or, you know, become more efficient doing, or you know, sometimes it was even technology for God's sake with with my name on it, which is extraordinary. Really? How I wrong? Out, Yes, yes, I had a thing called RateMate that I. Uh, devised um, for our national sales um, selling, which is kind of crazy, crazy shit that you can't believe that that's the case. And but sometimes give give me a little, you know, give me an inch and I'll I'll, I'll create a rate mate.
0: I have to say, on Windows ninety five, JB was brilliant. It's just Windows XP that he struggled with.
1: I would get get me on a pivot table and I'll show you the cost of loo roll over the last month. Um, so <laughs> so the the point is. Um, maybe enlightened organisations of the 21st century uh, will create a patchwork career policy. Maybe you start inside that organisation and at various levels you get the opportunity, perhaps even funding, uh, certainly um, a a budget to be trained, to be supported, uh, mentored perhaps even, to create other things, um, and maybe the, the the parent company actually takes a stake uh, in in these enterprises. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Heaven forbid. Um, and then you know this this company might get a get a share in the seventy two billion uh, annual spend of um, side hustling.
0: Well, here's an interesting closure to that story. I used to work for a printed advertising company who actually had a very good ability to attract lots of intrapreneurs. Sadly, to your point, they never really embraced those intrapreneurs and lost a lot of them. And ironically, a lot of the ideas those intrapreneurs came up with are now multi-billion global businesses that they overlooked because they wanted to stick with what they knew, which was print advertising. Um, you know, compa- comparison websites didn't exist. You and I wanted an insurance quote. We went through the Yellow Pages or the Thompson's directors yeah. or the BT phone oh, book God, or whatever it might it be. Well. And you'd yeah. write on the pages. And in fact, my Yellow Pages back in the day was just full of BIC where I'd written the price down from each of the insurers. Um, and, you know, there were entrepreneurs in that business that launched a money comparison site. And the irony is, is today, those money comparison sites are monsters. They're on television the entire time. Um, and those people went off to those organisations where they were able to create those things and look at the go compares the money, co- compare the markets, et cetera, of, the, of today. So um, innovation definitely comes from within if you allow people to, 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 to your point, to, to, to
1: hustle. So if I, if I had an earlier on in my life, in my 20s, uh, been in an organisation that had a um, patchwork career policy built into it that would have matched um, my uh need for an entrepreneurial culture um and if i knew that there was a program ahead of me where i could do really well with what i'm doing for the business at hundred percent um and then you know maybe there's an opportunity for me to demonstrate to a board uh an idea that i wanted to have support for uh, or that actually I want to do four days a week because I want to build my um, shipping company on the other day of the week and see how it goes. Uh, That would have been an exceptionally exciting environment for me. And I I just wonder Mm -hmm. how many people have got this within them, uh, this fantastic entrepreneurial spirit and excitement, and their current situation is limiting them. And they just, because that's the old normal uh, of the world, and they're stuck in it, caught up in it, and they've they, they wasted all of their fantastic, innovative skills, just wasted in that business. And that upsets me, actually.
0: Is this a fourth dimension to our spectrum of approaches? Oh, And this needs oh, some oh, further discussion oh, oh, off air,
1: oh, 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 oh. but- You and your spectrums. Well,
0: the reason I say it is, um, we could be great coaches as a people manager, but if we don't allow them to flourish and be entrepreneurs, we're going to lose them. Um, and we can keep them a bit longer because of our style, maybe. But ultimately, they're still going to fly the nest. And it's how you embrace those people that makes the difference. And how many businesses have failed because they've lost all their entrepreneurs and they've gone an entrepreneur elsewhere who did yeah. anything. It's a yeah. really interesting. I mean, look, again, we need to make, an. in fact, listeners on the live thing, reminders of these because we can do these in topics in the future. Um, but we didn't think we'd go here with this topic today. I and mean, we've got listener questions to get through and and the spectrum, which I think we might even skip this week. But um, should we do a couple of listener questions? Because we've got one submitted and we've got a couple live. Should we do um, one or two of those now? And then we round yeah. it because we've got about 15 minutes left in our in our airtime so I right with you
1: I, I I it's absolutely fine with me I want to return to the patchwork career oh. uh, strategy um, uh, on another on another podcast uh, uh, because I think I think it is where over the next 10 years there's going to be a, a requirement uh, to make yourself available for that kind of world um, and I, I'm petrified that people who have enormous talent uh, will not be ready for it and um, will will kind of lose out. So I, I'd like to return to that a lot. Okay. Uh, the the patchwork career. The, there we are. I'll shut up now.
0: Is that going to be your next book, The Patchwork
1: Career by Jonathan Bradley? Ooh. Oh no, I've got a I've got another mm. I've got another one in mind.
0: Um people on the live recording will notice that JB has a reflection in his glasses. He's got one of those Kim Kardashian lamps which creates his little ringlets on his eyes. It's beautiful. Um but it's...
1: I thought the idea was to make me more handsome. Is it not
0: working? Well I a thing is JB's you can get to a certain amount of handsomeness which you can't enhance, which is where I think you've gone wrong. You know, you just you're at the peak of your, your beauty. Um I cannot make it go any
1: further. I tell you what, I can I can do all sorts of look I can change the colour.
0: Ooh, that look—you look a bit more suntan there, as you look like a bit ghostly. Okay, that's
1: the, one. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. That's the—that's the. Str- yeah, that's the—that's mode four. Uh, that's what I'm going to have from here on in. Okay. Anyway, all, all, sorry. All, and-
0: all, all I have is—is—is is, is mode one, which is the—the the desk lamp. You've got to get one of these special things. They're—they're they're really helpful. You, you can't polish a poo, JB. Um, listener questions, then. That—that that was about me, not about you. Okay um yes this, a pre-submitted question here yes um i'm a listener to your podcast and i'm an administrator looking to be promoted to a senior administrator having spoke to my line manager though they've advised me that i'm not ready for the promotion and just to keep doing what i'm doing i want to work out how i work with my manager so that they can help me on a career path otherwise i just want to leave the company Um what could you give me as advice to put this together
1: Patchwork career policy. <laughs> well, um, you know, in a, so... Or available okay. in all
0: good bookshops.
1: Yeah. Give me, give me the boots uh, to put my feet in, but I want them slightly larger so I can actually, you know, do the work. I want to learn. I want to perform. I, I want to enjoy being here. Leave me here in this role, doing this admin role, um, and it will not fulfill my potential for me or you. So help me to understand how I can progress within this organization. If I can't, will you support me uh, to realize my potential over time elsewhere? It's a brave, brave conversation to have, but I think an enlightened uh organisation, stroke manager, and if this manager is not capable of having this conversation... That's the problem, isn't it? Then go over their head. Um, I'm being controversial today. He is, isn't he? I mean, goodness. Go, just, just stop wasting time with these people. If they don't see your potential, then this is your life. You're, you're born, you die, and in between is the performance of your life. Don't get stuck by someone else's expectations of you to perform this daily admin job that you do if you want to do more than that if you have ambition and if you want to build a reputation in another area don't listen to our podcast and don't demand nothing less then a focus on your learning, on your performance and your development in that organisation. And if they can't do it, get them to support you to go somewhere else where they will realise your potential. Goodness, he he got quite passionate there, didn't he? Uh,
0: Anyway, back in the real world. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) um, And? No, I'm kidding. Do you know what? I think uh, JB makes some really good points. I think in the short term with COVID and therefore you being nervous about... um, annoying your your bosses and things. What might be useful is actually getting some sort of individual development plan somewhere and sitting down with your boss and saying, I have ambition. I'm not looking. I'm happy now. But in six months or a year's time, I want to be ready. Can we work on a plan together? And I think kind of make them feel involved in it. Um, And the other thing you could do to JB's point is become a bit entrepreneurial. Ask them what project groups you could get involved in outside your normal line of work
1: that's a good idea
0: um, and then that way it increases or
1: inside the work even yeah, yeah, sorry, inside yeah. the business
0: uh, I, I, that's what I was referring to sorry so uh, such as maybe there's a there's a purpose and values roll out maybe there's a new product launch something that maybe plays to an area you want to develop but also has some areas of your competencies that you can lead on which gives you new experiences but more importantly to JB's point allows you to network with other people in the business which could be your future line
1: manager possibly I think another another point is to um imagine yourself in another role. Um you know you're in this organization it's probably a really good one um but you're you're currently feeling you're stuck in this existing role. Uh imagine yourself in another role uh and then another one and then another one just try out in your in your mind's eye what those roles might be that would excite you interest you Provide lots of learning and performing opportunities for you. Um, talk to people. You know, if they're in sales, they're in HR, they're in production, they're in you know leadership, whatever they are. Um, get get them on side. Build build a team around you. So if you're if you're let's call you Janet, um, you 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 build um, team Janet. Uh, who is that team? And hopefully that team reflects the kind of um, distant shore that you're aiming for, that you're gonna sail towards. Have those conversations, build your Formula One team around you, um, imagine what that future might look like, uh, then start building a little bit of a strategy around getting there, then have your conversation with your boss. I've done all of this work um, thinking about where I actually want to go what build, what reputation I want to build in my life, what I want to learn, how I want to perform you know this is the performance of my life please don't take it away from me um, and then see where just have a big conversation sometimes just get out of the office with them just I, I need some time with you I need I need your thinking I want to I want to hear your ideas um, but you you're worth that. You're worth that conversation, those conversations, and building that team around you. Go for it. This is your year. This is 2021. I think it's a big, big opportunity here for for many of us to to kind of do stuff, create our our own patchwork career. Um, hopefully, that answered your question, anonymous
0: submitter. Um, next question from the live audience: Do you? I better a- settle
1: down now, otherwise I might have a coronary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you need to turn your lamp back to pale because you've gone quite red. <laughs> yes, yes, I better had. It's over, it's overheating. <laughs> yeah.
0: And by the way, um for people on the live recording, you you have a glimpse into JB's shed by the way. That is a shed, believe it or not. Um it's a very impressive shed at that. And JB built it with his own hands. If you if you're a regular listener, you will know all this already. Um right, so, um do you have some top tips on managing teams in the current working from home environment? JB, you want to go first? I mean, I do.
1: Well, what you need is is one of these.
0: <laughs> For the listeners not on the webinar, um, he's holding up his Kim Kardashian <laughs>
1: lamp. Um, no, but there is a serious point to that. Um, I think it's getting getting lots of lots of really good kit uh, a- around you. Um, I wish I could turn the camera around so that you could see in front of me. I, I love books, as Ant has probably said to you. In front of me is just a delicious wall of every book that I've ever taken an interest in. It's only got books that I'm interested. In. And actually there's a there's a box of poo bags. I don't know why have that what? got on there. <laughs> is that
0: the dogs? Or is it yours? You not go to the toilet in your shed. Okay. A hundred poop bags, extra strong. What are they thought strong for? hundred poop
1: bags. I tell you that every one is a damn good experience, <laughs> yeah. a damn good read. Um, and do crack on with. <laughs> yeah,
0: while well, you refocus your thinking on. So if you're a homeworker, uh, I've um, now
1: lost the plot.
0: Managing teams from home. Know you what need, I'm supposed to be doing here? You need poop bags. There's the answer. No. So from my perspective. Um, managing people from home is tricky and I'm presuming you've got some experience of it now based on this being probably not the first lockdown and presuming you're in the UK. Um, but certainly I know remote working across Europe and the world has become a big thing um, in the last 12 months and we don't think there's going to be a journey back from it. I suspect there'll always be a degree of agile working in the future. I think for me, a couple of tips would be managed by results and not, um, not what you see from them day to day. Unfortunately, um pre-COVID, um, half of someone's performance management will be the fact they turn up on time when they're physically in the office. What they're actually doing at their desk. Not too fussed about, but because I can see them, then they must be doing important work. Whereas when we have um the um the, the sorry, someone's just come to screw the fence, I think. Um uh, when when we have um employees that are working remotely I think if they don't feel trusted or empowered, it ain't going to work working remotely, especially if you were probably, and I'm assuming you're not, um, if you were a micromanager face-to-face, um, equally from yourself, um, it's going to be tricky for you to make that transition. But I, a few things. Number one, um, totally respect the fact that working from home is not simple. I've just had this person just walk up my driveway now with a screwdriver just time to go and fix the fence in the back garden. Um, that's a distraction you're going to get. Um, so therefore do we want our managers judging us for the the doorbell going or the dog barking who's wherever she's gone um etc and i think there just needs to be a recognition of i believe in what you are producing for me and i manage you by the results you produce not the time you not the hours you keep uh, and not the not the process um so i think that mm. that's that's number 1 number 2 is invest in having non-work-related conversations and check-ins on how your people are doing. Um, JB mentioned at the beginning, I think um, the UK in particular at the minute is suffering mentally with people being locked at home again. And unless you are in a very trusted and safe environment in your workplace, I imagine people are feeling incredibly vulnerable. And therefore, you as the line manager need to create certainty for those employees during this uncertain period. Because when things are good, any manager is good that's the truth isn't it it's easy to be a manager when you perform and you're all getting bonuses or big pay rises it's when the shit hits the fan about how people really judge you and i suspect if you want your reputation again um not to be in the poop bags um of of history um you would want to make sure that you lead and really are authentic and actually how are you jb at right now um how can i help you so I think manage by results, not by productivity day-to-day. Hand cream is important. I presume that's for your hands, JB. Not that I know what you do off camera. Um, and um, and take time to have human connections with people rather than just managing them on the day-to-day. Um, that would be my three tips. Anything to add, JB, apart from pick up your dog
1: shit? Well, picking up your dog shit, moisturizing your hands, uh, having a sta- <laughs> staple diet... <laughs> i'm sorry i'm in a funny mood today but i I am going to hopefully add something quite useful so in my bookshelf uh which i'd love to show the listeners but i can't because it's behind the, the camera but anyway on my bookshelf i was able to just pick this book okay this is one of my favorite books and you can see it's got kind of it's been used a bit um and so here i just randomly picked this up just just from there and here's a little here's a thing and it says emotions are the brain's way of assigning meaning to inputs and directing energy flow now for me um i will have a good old think about that and think about how i could have a conversation with someone uh at some point like a little casual collision um on it have you ever thought about this have you thought about that and just having these little things in my mind so having a library get yourself a bookshelf get a shelf get some get some books that are of interest to you uh and if your subject is leadership fabulous um coaching whatever it happens to be have them available to you because you can always pick one of these up and find something actually probably quite interesting that will stimulate good conversation the bedfellow to your bookcase of knowledge, the knowledge wall, um, is to have a flip chart. Uh, I think every every manager, every leader should have a whiteboard uh, or flip chart in their space at home. Always, 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 always. Because you take all of this wonderful knowledge, stuff that you've read, um, you've Googled. And you just keep keep it going you see i've my wall is just full of just stuff um you know thinking um and thoughts that i want to share with people and that enthusiasm and excitement for for learning and how you can help people to just think differently just to open their minds uh, i think is a is a lovely contribution to others when you're working from home i think it's a leadership role um and it's sharing knowledge that people go do you know what if you can get maybe 10 20 people a week going do you know what i never thought of it like that before i or i'd never thought of that just well i just thought i'd leave that with you thanks it's good to talk to me that is the bit that replaces that moment in the corridor, that little moment where you say, oh, thanks yeah. for that. It was really useful. That's so important. And, and I just like giving nuggets of information. Hopefully uh, some of it might be useful. Um, but I, I think capture it, have somewhere to store it, and just keep it, keep it in your brain. And then just make it your business to enlighten others, to just get them thinking, do you know, thought of that before try and try and aim for maybe 10 to 20 of those a week with your team and it's bloody exciting when that happens i love talking to people who do that that stretch my brain out a bit like oh my god i hadn't thought of that that's my that's my tip of the day nice um it's your
0: last chance to submit questions if you want to live um or if you're a listener on the podcast and you have a question for us next week um, it is globalleadershippodcast.gmail.com. We have one more question from the audience I see that's in there. Oh, yes. Um, Isn't
1: it a two-parter?
0: Um, I've, I've done part one already. So the, the, sec- ah, the oh, second sorry. question right, okay. was, what do you think of to-do list? Any top tips
1: on that? Ooh, ooh. I can talk about that from personal experience this very week. Um, and I, I have said before on these uh, podcasts that the to-do list is so 20th century, <laughs> I've moved on from the to-do list. And I now, yeah, sorry, Ant, I've blown it for you, darling. But um, I I only put things in my diary that I'm actually going to do at that moment. Uh, because if oh. I just have a great big to-do list, uh, I'm never going to get around to doing it all. And there's no, unless that to-do list is, is within the 10 o'clock, tomorrow morning time that I'm gonna do I'm gonna complete all of these things within my ten o'clock to eleven o'clock window, then that might make sense. Uh just to get you off the hook there, Ant. Um No no I think I think we actually are more aligned than you realise, but carry on. I I I I learned somewhere in one of these books um that it's better to put your um to do into an actual specific time in your diary. I would agree. As, as much as you can uh, to commit to doing it. And I, I, that, that for me, is the best advice. I c- I'm much more productive that way, and I'm as mad as a fish. Yeah, those fish are certainly mad, aren't they, JB? They
0: are. Um, my, my take is, so this is, this, the reason this is on my phone is because if I don't Um, have a to-do list to hand, I forget stuff. So for me, I add stuff to it. And the problem is is that when your brain's going as as fast as mine often does, it's by the side of my bed. So if I'm laying in bed and I can't sleep, if I don't write it down, I can't compartmentalize it. So I I put it on a to-do list and then I do what you say, which is I come to my calendar the following morning and I then put it in a particular slot in my calendar.
1: That's good, and
0: therefore I, good. I I I use both. And the reason I like this is because I then come back to this every day, and I check off the things that I've finished. Whether that was there's a double reference point for me. So I add things to this. So I have a to do list permanently on my phone, which is with me all the time. I think most of us have the to do list with us. I'm waiting for Siri, or um, don't do it because it will start doing stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for that thing to be able to add things verbally, so I can say hey add this to my to-do list and it does it I've tried it and it says this this isn't available yet as functionality but when it does brilliant because too often I forget stuff if I don't put it on the to-do list but to JB's point every morning look at your calendar and make sure you put stuff in there that you can do and then of course to your point at least if that thing in the calendar has gone past for me I don't look at much of my legacy calendar if I'm completely honest So therefore, unless it's on a list that I can cross-reference, I won't know that it's been done. Because too often, my to-do list, I get interruptions. You ring. One of my team talks to me.
1: So, and what is on your to-do list uh, for six o'clock tonight? Um, Interestingly, I have a client meeting with a
0: prospect that's just signed their contracts for a global company based in the US. So I have a call with New York at um, six o'clock tonight. UK time. You?
1: I have an appointment with a bottle of
0: Lafrogue. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I think that is a perfect time for us to end. Um, any In pra- fact,
1: it's not Lafrogue. I was corrected on that the other day. It's LaFrogue.
0: I have to tell you, JB, you need to try 19 Crimes Red. What is that? It's a, It's a crime if you don't drink it, basically. It's bloody good red wine. Me and my sister-in-law um drink it like ribena and it tastes as good as ribena um if you like a an easy to drink red wine it's bloody brilliant um yeah 19 crimes available from all good supermarkets and if you happen to be a chief executive of that company send us a palette, and we'll talk about it some more
1: another little tip um something <coughs> i cool. discovered over christmas mm-hmm. when i wasn't drinking prosecco was a lovely lovely single malt called Nukandu. du no can do. does in no can do anything after drinking it. Pretty much. Nice. Uh, and me and my stepson. Oh, this is really, really bad. This isn't a tip. And his stepson is an adult. I should add. It
0: is the he's, adult he's, one. He's, 18. he's eighteen. Eighteen yeah. plus. Yeah.
1: And um, he, um, he and I finished the bottle one night.
0: We should talk about this off air, my friend, because um, how that relationship between you and stepson has improved is amazing. So I'm quite excited to hear. It about is
1: that. absolutely marvellous. Uh, I think, you know, when you're kind of merging families, it can be a little bit tricky. We went through hell, absolute hell. Uh, but now at Christmas, uh, he gave me not only gave me the bottle of Nokandu, which we drunk, uh, but at the end, he gave me the biggest hug, uh, and I noticed he had a little tear in his eye. Nice. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the highlight of my Christmas, which I didn't mention before, but uh, um, we've on- been through quite a thing. And
0: on a stark contrast, um, my two year old shit himself in his nappy when I put him to bed on Christmas Day. So, you know, uh, he had a hug, but it was a pooey nappy hug. So um- uh, it's brilliant that you bring it back to reality,
1: and you just thanks nail it
0: although I think people would have left more inspired with ending on your story anyway um, ladies and gents in the audience I hope um, you enjoyed that um, um, live broadcast obviously for the listeners that listen to this on the download you can be in the audience if you look at um, our social media feeds Um, or you are a client of Digital Learning, you will have access to these webinars every week. So just look on our social media feeds to how you can be part of the live audience and get involved live. Or you can, of course, submit your questions if you listen to it pre-recorded by globalleadershippodcast.gmail.com. And we tend to publish this every Friday afternoon. So if you want to listen back to it and you've just been in the audience, but you want a keepsake of this wonderful experience, um, please download it from your preferred podcast provider. Finally, if you love the podcast, please do give us a five-star rating because it helps other people discover the podcast um, because it's all about ratings in terms of algorithms and things. If you think it's shit, please email us and tell us how to improve it rather than giving us a one-star rating. That would be very useful. Um, JB's kind of nudging to say something, I suspect.
1: Yeah. Uh- no not really only that that actually
0: sounded quite professional it it did didn't it and they'll probably think we did that in 15 takes normally which we do so um anyways anyway uh, ladies and gents thank you very much for your time it's goodbye from me i've been
1: anthony price and it's jonathan bradley saying goodbye to you and side hustling off to my house thank you very much good night good day good morning